Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is the show where we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business so that you can achieve your vision. And Casa Maslan, this has been a busy, busy week for you. This has been you versus Google, which we should probably leave some links in the show notes highlighting John Moran, you, a bunch of your brilliant folks over there at Solutions 8. So I'm amazed that you're actually still standing after doing this for like two days straight. And now you're doing a perpetual traffic podcast. So all the lift is on John. He does the, he's the brains. I just introduce him. And then I made a joke earlier. I said that John is like chat GPT. He's only as good as how well you prompt him. So, you know, if you ask him good questions, yeah, I'm so on the prompter. So I might be the most important part of the process. Now think think about about it this way though. Chat GPT is really dumb. Actually, yeah. but the prompt is the difference. So, That's right. in case you try and minimize your importance, you can just say, John's just the guy with all the data. You just right. aggregate it with a good I prompt. I have to pull it out of him. You have, it's yeah. up to you to pull it out of him. I'm the real genius here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. As long as you think that way, that's the most important thing. That's right. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Where can people actually find that? Is it on your YouTube channel? Because I just appeared there a few minutes ago and I don't even know where it appeared. So, We'll leave links in the show notes, but do you have like a quick link? Maybe something you want to promote here? Yeah. So the cha- the challenge is private. If they wanted the recordings, they could buy them at uversusgoogle.com forward slash VIP. Mm-hmm. The challenge is meant to promote our Google Ads Mastermind, though. We launched a Google Ads Mastermind called You versus Google. Join the Google Ads Rebellion. And what we're doing is we're just taking all the smartest media buyers in the world and we're putting them in a room together. It's 500 bucks a month and it's really meant to be about the community. So, you know, we hold a weekly get together, town hall, powwow. There's a group Slack channel, recorded content. Our strategists are there to help teach what it is that we're learning. But the hope is the value really comes from the membership. Yeah. Just like any other mastermind. So if you're a media buyer specifically interested in Google and it's by application only. So we're vetting people. You have to manage at least $10,000 a month in ad spend. You have to work with Google professionally. Believe that you're in the top 3% of all marketers, not auto-apply Google ad recommendations, none of those types. And this could be good for you. You're really screening applicants here. So you're not, oh, you're dude. not, just, you're not just taking everyone's money. Got it. Yeah. The point is it's not really meant to be, strictly speaking, a profit center. The problem is, is it's all getting so hard that we know we're not going to be the source of answers for very long. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, man, if we can take all the smartest media buyers and put them in a container that we have full visibility to, we now get to stay ahead of the curve, provide the best content, et cetera. Which is, again, the reason that we're capping it at 100 is because that will be like a self-perpetuating optimization, you know, like that community. As people burn off the applicants that are in the waiting list are brought in based off of their proficiency, because you're going to have churn in a mastermind, of course. For sure. But it is all self-serving for your financial remuneration, as well as your 
edification to yeah i i do nothing for the good of humanity this will make me a copious amount of money it's true i think it's important that we're just completely upfront with that like yeah dude I, I run a mastermind that on the home page of the mastermind says something to the effect of the only mastermind on earth solely dedicated to obsessive growth power and wealth accumulation like we are mm-hmm. not shy about our capitalist I tendencies i love it that's why maybe one of the reasons why i loved it so much when we were in mexico you haven't seen the video of us on the yacht. Is yachet. it yachet or yacht? Yacht. Yachet. Yachet. That's Kentucky for yacht. That's for Kentucky yacht. for yachet. And yeah. it's actually on a catamaran. So we'll leave a link to that one in the show notes here, as well as the URL for what it was it? You versus google.com. Is that you the... versus google.com? Okay. In case somebody wants to get in on that fun. So one of the things that we talked about, you asked yours truly to come on, which I did. I hacked together a presentation in about 20 minutes, and it took me about 20 minutes to recite it. So we're going to be going through that here today, which is where Google and Meta, are they, they love each other. It's a love fest. This case study is all about Meta loving Google and Google loving Meta. and It's a Meta-Google orgy. Yeah, yeah. I joked at the beginning of the presentation, I couldn't find the heart emoji for my hack together presentation. So I just put a plus sign. You know how you used to do like KA plus name of, you know, initials sure. of girlfriend with the heart around it. It's kind of like that same kind of vibe that we're going yeah. on here. So it's all about harmony, harmony and love here today yeah. on professional traffic. This is a new uh, theme for our podcast, but let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really sell, but See that's all right. We Still, we're pushing it no matter what. So today is actually full of nuggets. So we're not going to go, unless you have a nugget off the top of your head that you just want to throw out there. Because I know we actually absorbed a fair amount of nuggets in Cancun when we were together. And I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, but maybe you've got, got one, one ready and like in the holster, ready, waiting to go, even though nuggets don't come in holsters. But yeah, so lay it on us. What did we learn Maybe something from our days in Cancun together, sunning on a catamaran. Well, I was going to give you one that I've learned this week or learned again is online challenges are the single best way to, I think, to launch anything. If you want to launch a new product, a new service, a new community, a new agency, the best way to do it is an online challenge. It's the entire sales funnel in one event. You move somebody from the top of the funnel to the extreme bottom of the funnel, and you do so with an unbelievable amount of value. And the nugget within the nugget here is if you run an online challenge, you can get really close to self-liquidating if you have a VIP group. So we spent about 50 grand marketing this challenge. And before the challenge even started, we made 20,000 of that back by allowing for VIP. And the way you do that is you run the challenge the way that you saw we did today, Ralph. And then at the end, you have a special Q&A section only for VIPs. And you let everybody know we had about 450 some odd people in the live group. And we said, hey, if you want to go to the Q&A, upgrade a VIP. And you'll notice a tax relevant number of people upgrade a VIP. And then when people ask for the recordings, say yes, recordings are available only to VIP. If you want the recordings, upgrade a VIP. Every single day, the call to action is to upgrade a VIP. And I would be shocked if we didn't recoup our traffic costs just in VIP sales, which doesn't even compute what we're going to make when we actually go sell the offer, the core offer, which is the, the mastermind. So if you're trying to launch anything. I've never seen anything work as well as an online challenge. Capture a huge audience, make money on the front end, provide a ton of value, build really strong rapport because we give, I mean, unbelievable amounts of value. And you have to be able to do that too. That's the thing about challenges is you can't fake it. You really got to like 
carpet bomb people with value. But if you're capable of doing that, nothing's better than challenge. So in this particular case, you ran for the you versus Google series. You ran paid traffic to that? I figured you were just pulling from your YouTube channel primarily. Oh, dude, we ran 50 grand worth of Google and Facebook ads. I actually think we spent more on Facebook than we did in Google. It was all Google and YouTube. If you want to see our funnel just for kicks and giggles, I'll leave it up. It's you versus google.com forward slash challenge. And you can see the sales pitch. We just called it the three-day live Google ads challenge with me and John. And, you know, we gave a very, very rough itinerary, nothing written in stone and just explained everything that they were going to get for signing up for the free challenge. And this isn't the first time we've done this. So we've gotten more and more sophisticated as we go, but it's a pretty straightforward offer and it worked really well. So there's something about a challenge that I think taps into a deep seated human emotion of like, is it a competitive thing or is it just I I don't want to miss out kind of thing? Or is it because there's something psychological about a challenge? What do you think it is? I mean, I have my opinions on it, but it obviously it works. But yeah, and you have to deliver value on it. But just the idea of a challenge, because I've seen this work in a lot of different niches, like the weight loss niche, especially this is like a huge, oh, huge. it's almost overblown, but still works. Right. So what do you think the key to it is? I think you nailed it with the competitive thing. I think certain avatars rise to that readily. I think that if you give people a specific promise in a finite period, that's maybe the most compelling lead magnet type offer. You know, lose seven pounds in seven days, for instance. And that's probably too much. I don't think that's healthy, but you know what I'm saying? Lose two pounds in seven days. Or make your first dollar in recurring revenue in five days, or launch your agency in 30 days, or mm-hmm. master Reasonable the violin in three. Expectations. Yeah. This very specific thing, yep. you're going to be able to play this piece of music in this period of time. There's something about that because everything else feels so inaccessible. It's like, hey, I'm going to teach Correct. you how to launch a marketing agency. Oh, right. do I have to? Or I'm going to teach you how to pick your agency service. In, you know what I mean? Like this specific output. This specific time period, that's the challenge construct that I think is the most effective. And you know what's funny is now that I'm saying this, we didn't actually do this very well with the universal Google challenge. We just said, hey, master Google ads in three days, which is obviously a lie, right? Like you're nobody, if you're especially if you're starting fresh, but we're more or less giving everybody all the updates they need about Google ads. And we're also kind of nerd famous in the space. If you run Google ads, you know about me and John. And so we get to cash the check of authority there. But I think challenges work because it's a really specific, tangible output in a very specific amount of time that you can measure. You know, right. if you say two pounds, seven days, I did or I didn't. You know, either you lied or you did not. Right. So you hold yourself accountable to a deliverable. Right. And you as the teacher are going back to that theme to make sure that you are delivering on the promise. And the promise, like that's old as John Carlton or anyone sort of before him, but it is. It's promise this result in X amount of time. Why yep. result in X amount of time? I think actually for your next challenge, you could even tighten it up. Master Google Ads in three days is good. And yes, you're cashing in on the amount of authority that you and John have, which is considerable, but you might even be able to make it so that you can say, hey, lower your CPAs and Google Ads in three days by 22% or something realistic. You should have gone after a a more specific avatar. Like you could go after just e-commerce ad managers or just lead generation or just agencies or just freelancers. Yep. Yeah. And then the promise gets more specific too. Like with the weight loss challenges that work really well, or weight loss challenges that go after like middle-aged women, for instance, 
or new moms or recently retired whatever. Like if you go after a very specific avatar, it strengthens the promise with specificity. Right. Yeah. Specificity is key. Learn your favorite guitar song in 21 days. That's a great one. You know, like those yeah. are a customer of ours that did that. And he still does challenges for it. I see him on LinkedIn and on Facebook all the time doing that same sort of thing and super, super successful. So anyway, so challenges are this week's nugget. Make them as specific as possible and definitely check out everything that we talked about so far before we get into the good stuff on the show. That was just a precursor of all the Google goodness and maybe some offer stuff thrown in at the same time. Today's conversation is going to be a case study that I presented a while back at a large conference that has not been released as of yet. So you are going to get a you're going to get a sneak peek at this that has not Ooh. been released to the public. I think you have to Sneaky pay peaky. hundreds of thousands of dollars in order to get it. We won't even leave links in the show notes to go buy that because you're going to get it here for free. And it's a piggyback on a successful case study we did last year on this show in the services niche, specifically in the law niche, but it can apply to a lot of different areas by utilizing and leveraging the love between Google and Meta. And we are going to get into that case study right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, so we are back. We are going into the Meta and Google Love Fest here today with a case study. And uh, make sure that you do check out our YouTube channel over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube and definitely subscribe so you don't miss anything. You don't miss any of our shorts, any of the stuff that we're putting out. We're putting out hundreds of pieces of highly relevant personal content as well as on our socials. Custom, I've gotten a little bit more active on the socials on my own side. I know you've been like a mainstay at Casa Maslam everywhere, but yeah. So here for perpetual traffic 
over at LinkedIn for me. And then obviously, Kasim on all your socials if you're interested in all that stuff. Today, we are going to be broadcasting this, obviously, on our YouTube channel. And there's a lot here. And I'll actually give you a link and an email if you guys don't abuse that to actually get these slides should you reach out to me specifically my admin is going to kill me because my email is actually in the lower right hand corner of the slide right now so anyway it might not be me who responds back but thank god for bernadette and or heather all right well, we're going to get into this case study here today this is one that we did like i said a year or so ago and it was all about google and I did it with you specifically because I wanted you to poke holes in it. And we'll leave links in the show notes to that previous episode. We have left out the names of those businesses and anything in the ads here, obviously, for the protection of the innocent. But the point is, is we're utilizing a highly competitive niche in business, which is personal injury law. I can't really think of too many others that have higher cost per click than personal injury law niche. Can you think of one? Maybe CRM? No, uh, I don't even think CRM does it. Yeah. Well, I've competed in CRM at a high level because I was the surrogate CMO at Simplero, and it was high, but personal injury is the worst I've ever seen, except for maybe like there's a couple of really high-end industrial products. One of our clients did rugged LCD displays for like, military applications. So if you needed a screen for the Lockheed Martins building the next battleship or F-16 or something, you can't just put an iPad in that puppy, right? You need like a full-on. So those clicks could be thousands of dollars, but there's only four approved vendors all bidding on the same thing. Outside of ultra-specific things like that, I think personal injury is the highest of any mainstream business category I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly is for me. I mean, I used to bid on mesothelioma <laughs> keywords way back in the affiliate days for mass tort law. So that stuff is super expensive as well. Not exactly personal injury law, but similar. That's the only one I think I've ever seen that's more expensive than the clicks that we get in personal injury. So we've got a fair amount of experience with this because we tend to work with the types of customers that want to do what this one did. And I wouldn't say they can necessarily afford it per se, the high cost per click, but mm. they take the longer view. And I think certain personal injury law firms do take the longer view. The ones that you probably see all over the place when you're driving on the interstate billboards and you see them on TV commercials and you know they've got the funny names like the hatchet and the hammer and you know all these sorts of quirks of this industry, it is absolutely cutthroat. When it comes to competition in these spaces, especially in densely populated spaces, this is from a state that's in the Midwest and has that kind of level of competition. So having said all that, this is a good proxy for anyone who has seen a level of success on Google and is looking to expand, especially if you're local or regional, but or if you're national. And you want to expand out through some of the strategies which we discuss here on this show, which we refer to as the awareness consideration conversion model or the ACC model, which we've talked about quite a bit, where you're blending different traffic sources together to reach not only scale, but also synergy and mm. lowering costs on each individual platform as a result of this strategy. So lots of big promises here, Kasim. So maybe I should get into the details so that people it. realize that we're not totally full of crap. So first thing that we did, like we'll leave links in the show notes back to this original case study. I'm not going to go through all these, but you can get these slides 
at tier11.com forward slash PI. That's tier11.com forward slash PI. Like I said, definitely check this out on YouTube over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. One of the first things that we did in the case study from last year, and this is the same client since I've added many, many others in the personal law space with the similar types of scale and similar types of challenges and levels of success is that you have to fix the data. And this is something that I know that you have, and I know John knows that that's the first thing that you do. You fix your tracking. And in this particular case, we used offline conversions, which is a way to get offline data that is not a pixel firing or an event firing, but offline data from, in this case, from their CRM imported back into Google, and in this case, also into Meta in order to optimize for the event that they really want. In, what in, CRM are they using, Ralph, just out of curiosity? Oh, geez, you had to ask me. They just switched to Salesforce. Okay. And I forget the name of the CRM that they had before. So you'll actually see in the chart a drop-off because they actually switched over in the month of September, I believe, to Salesforce, which is great because there's an integration. It's, it's a little bit easier as opposed to some of these smaller CRMs. Salesforce yeah. is the only CRM that has a direct Google Ads integration. Yeah, well, Isn't that crazy. From within yeah. the Google Ads dashboard, I mean, there's other CRMs that will integrate from the CRM, but I don't know mm. what Salesforce did in order to earn that. But it's really seamless in terms of mm. its connection. That makes it even better. I mean, that might be sort of case study number three once we actually get that, because we've so we sort of hacked this together. There was a lot of different pieces that had to be done in order to make sure that the tracking was fixed. Thankfully, they actually have a very good dev team. We've got an outstanding dev team and we work together in order to fix that. So that was the first thing that we had to do. So we didn't produce these results overnight just out of thin air. You got to get the basics first. You got to get the foundation in place and tracking is definitely is the foundation. So since we're using offline conversions, the aim was to start optimizing our ads for either phone calls or leads, but then ultimately to optimize all of the ads through this offline conversion event for what's known as a signed case. So if you're saying, all right, I'm not a personal injury lawyer, but I am in the lawn care space, you want to optimize not necessarily for calls per se, but you ultimately want to optimize your ads for clients who are right. paying you money. So for some of the large franchises that we work with, this works extraordinarily well. You start off with leads or maybe phone calls, you track that, you sort of prime the pump a bit, and then you add in, once you have a, a level of volume and a level of scale, you add in that offline conversion event is when the client or the customer is actually entered into the CRM. And this might be a manual process done by a salesperson or by an admin. Oftentimes, it is an online conversion, which is great. If that's the case, that's perfect. But sometimes it's a manual thing. So you might have to actually upload these manually or get Zapier involved to be able to zap things back. And to your point, Salesforce does this seamlessly. We do work with a couple of other Salesforce clients, not on the Google side. So it's good to hear that where they're going right now is actually has good integration for Google as well. On one note on the manual importation, I know everybody wants to build things that scale and are automated and that they don't have to worry about. The problem with that is, is especially with the increase in spam, bot, solicitor, and click farm traffic, automatically importing conversions can hurt campaigns as much as help them because you have so many false positives. So what I really like about offline conversion tracking like you're doing here, manual importation, is a person actually had to look over this lead and say, yes, I want more of these. Right. And 
that ends up being way cleaner data. So I know that the tactician in everybody's mind goes, oh, I don't want to do anything manual, but it's, it's actually really worth that added filter, especially when you're spending the amounts of money these people are spending. Just go put a human in between and say, hey, make sure we give this the thumbs up and it's something that we really want. Yeah, clean them up. I mean, I think this is maybe more philosophical in nature than actually tactical for this case study here, but so many businesses are just, let me just automate everything. I'm right. a huge believer. I talk to my COO about this all the time. I am very much a ready, fire, aim individual. Like I want to just get stuff going, see if it works, give me a signal. And then if that signal is positive, then I think of ways in which to automate it. So build things manually first, like handcraft this. And then we did this. We handcrafted it. It was a manual upload to start. I think it was like an Excel file that was used from the CRM. The point is, is that we manually did it and then realized, okay, we're onto something. And then if we get a volume of traffic, then we can automate it. So start manual, go to automation. Everyone is in too much of a rush sometimes to get to automation, which is hopefully where you get scale. But if you're automating the least important conversion event, then all you're getting is just a crappy business. So right. you want to make sure that this is done correctly. And I think the manual upload makes a huge difference to your point. So traffic wise, so we started to optimize for this. And this is mostly, like I said, this is mostly Google stuff. We haven't even gotten into the meta side of the equation as of yet. We did do a fair amount of CRO. If you don't know what CRO is, a conversion rate optimization, we did a ton of stuff here. We cleaned up the structure. We put the most important information above the fold on their landing page. We added a phone number at the top of it, which was like the most simple thing. People could actually click the phone number and it would click and actually call. Imagine that as opposed to a banner that says click to call and then it goes to another page. So oh, like no. little stuff like that. Yeah, like it was a disaster. It really was not... I mean, to their point, this is still a solid business Like when they came to us. But the point was, is they were doing a lot of things that were incorrect that we could fix relatively simply just with like one step after another on the CRO side. So clarified the copy, made the fonts easier to read, that kind of thing. So there was some stuff done here. And like I said, we'll leave links in the show notes. We did an entire like six-part YouTube series on this. That might actually be the best thing to do, which is our PI lawyer YouTube series. We will leave links in the show notes for that. The last thing was, is that we realized on the creative side, was really two different avatars. So stick with me for a second here. So picture yourself, this law firm is going after motorcycle accidents, truck accidents, car accidents. So we started with car accidents primarily. So car accident lawyer, name of state, car accident lawyer, name of town, highly competitive keywords. What we found was that we were only getting a certain portion of people who could enlist the services of this firm because those search keywords are done in the heat of the moment. Maybe mm. the day of the accident, the time of the accident, maybe on their phone as they're looking at a billboard and it gives them a phone number to call, or maybe they do a quick Google search, or maybe it's within the day or so after. So we found that there was really two distinct avatars and this is not rocket science by any stretch. The point is, is that there's an avatar one, it's the person who's just been in a car accident. And then there's avatar two, who has been in a car accident, but maybe never called a personal injury lawyer. These by extension, depending on what state you're in, might not be as good leads. As soon as you 
contact your insurance company or maybe go to a hospital. Sometimes these aren't as great leads for PI lawyers. So you've got to be sort of careful in the statute of limitations and a lot of other things that are impactful on the effectiveness of your campaign. But we found them as two distinct avatars. What we were getting was the first avatar in our Google ads. The person, the woman or the man who's just been in a car accident, and they call immediately. They call the personal injury lawyer. That secondary market was where we really felt like there was a lot of scale that was not being picked up. And as a result of that, we really hadn't been doing a lot of social media advertising. So we figured this out and we've systematized this in the personal injury law space that they're very, very distinct two separate avatars. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So let's show the chart here. And uh, this chart actually, like I, I say, I forget the name of the, the CRM. But anyway, this is pulled right from their CRM. You can see actually where they switched over to Salesforce when I pulled this data out of it. Is that in May of 2022, which I'm pointing to here, they were flat. They were getting about 200 or so signed cases per month, which is actually quite a bit. <laughs> they were doing really well as an organization, multi-million dollar business. Point was, is they had momentum. Their Google ads were working pretty well. And we were hired to come in and optimize their Google ads in this space with a lot of the techniques that we discussed in the case study last year, which like I said, I'll leave links in the show notes for what the initial results were. And if you can sort of extrapolate this over time, so this is our 2022 line. And then over here, it continues to 2023. So we were getting 200 or so signed cases per month. But then once we optimized our Google ads in this space, we were getting well over 300, 320, 321, depending on the individual month. But as you can see, sort of the curve here, like we got this growth, which is a 50%, which is a significant amount of growth from 200 cases per month to 300 cases per month and significant revenue for the client as well as for their injured victims. The point was, is we had reached a level of flattening growth in the early part of 2023. So even though we had reached a level of success, we wanted more. So what we found is that because of those two avatars, all we were really getting was the first avatar, the one who's just been in the car accident. Awesome. But we weren't getting the other one that maybe hadn't considered this purchase yet. Notice how I said considered because there is conversion, which we're getting here, but consideration is the next type of campaign in our three-step system that we knew we could attract through social ads. Mm. And that's typically done in a different way and a different methodology than Google Pay Per Click ads. Does that make sense so far? Can I point out something completely off topic, but I think it's really cool. Mm. So if you're watching the video, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, you'll notice there's an ebb and flow and you have four years of data here, which is amazing. You normally don't get that, but there's an ebb and flow, spike in February, drop in March, spike in April, drop in May, spike in June, drop in July, spike in August, drop in September, spike in October, and then it kind of maintains strength through the rest of the year. But for three, almost four years, there's this interesting like cadence. And you think to yourself, well, I know car accidents aren't happening in 60-day cycles. So why the peaks and valleys? And my theory there, and I'd love for you to spot check me here, Ralph, and this is why looking at data is fun because you get to guess at stuff. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts 
somebody, maybe your client, maybe your client's competitor has a traditional media spend that's broken down in 60-day intervals. And wherever the peak of that media spend is, that catalyzes search and digital traffic. If you ever look at the way that media spends are distributed, they tend to be according to peaks and valleys to like when shows are, sporting events, this is when we're spending our money on the commercials, radio, television, newspaper, whatever. You have wherever the media spend spike happens, there's some time delay. Sometimes it's 24 hours, sometimes it's two weeks. It depends on the type of event you're promoting. But you'll notice that there's this Pavlovian flow exactly like you see here. And it looks like you guys from a media buy perspective have sort of figured it out. You're riding this wave perfectly, which is also why you're able to create so much in the way of lift. But I just thought that that was a really cool visual illustration of something that I've seen with other campaigns too. Yeah, they determine their media spend 60 days at a time. In most cases, 90 days in some cases. I mean, we do a quarterly business review with them no matter what, but there are some ebbs and flows during that quarter. How to explain all of this? There's a seasonal fluctuation here too, because car accidents specifically are also related to American holidays. Sure. So it might be that the June increase could be because of Memorial Day weekend yeah, and then all of a sudden cases coming in. Or like There's the, the, the July 4th spike happens in August. Right. The July 4th yeah. spike happens in August. Maybe the slight increase in October and November is because of Labor Day weekend. There could be that as well. But no, I think this is an interesting chart that you don't see four-year charts here. You can actually see sort of where they started. I think that before June of 2020, they were actually on another CRM. So that's the reason why it goes from like zero all the way up to 200 because they've been successful for some time. But you can see that they had flatlined from 2020, 2021, basically into 2022 and started experiencing a rapid increase in signed cases. Like I said, like a signed case for a personal injury lawyer is very, very valuable. That means there's a very high likelihood that they're going to get a settlement from the insurance company and 30% of that settlement goes to revenue for the firm. So we even monetize that in the latter part of this case study here. So, so there was a lot of things that were going right, but we didn't want to rest on our laurels in the early part of 2023. Like, What's our next step? It occurred to us, this is when we started to formulate this ACC strategy that we've talked about here at Perpetual Traffic for quite some time, is that PI lawyers tend to build awareness over decades oftentimes, over years and years. And they do it through these types of things that you see on the side of the road, billboards. In this case, it's the hammer. I think we actually made this one up through one of the AI tools here. Yeah. yeah, this is a mid-journey generated. Don't get nailed by insurance companies, the hammer. I like this one. So it's very non-denominational here. But the point is, is PR lawyers do a really good job of top of funnel awareness. We weren't quite ready for awareness here. We wanted to take a middle path because usually when we see conversion campaigns capping out or conversion campaigns looking like they're starting to maybe taper off or flatline or just not be able to grow. We will usually amp up the consideration side of our campaigns, which often is a middle of the funnel conversion. And in this case, for PI lawyers, it is applications, not signed cases, or it is leads, or at the very top, it's phone calls. So these are mid-funnel consideration type of 
conversions, not the end result, which is signed cases. That would be an actual conversion, which turns into a signed case and then potentially money for the victim and obviously for the law firm. So we said, okay, we've sort of hit this wall here. Let's get ahead of it a bit in March of 2023. What can we start doing in February or into March that'll get us to that next level of scale? And you see that over here on perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. You'll see the arrow going from cases, signed cases in the 300s, low 300s, to well over 500 in a matter of six to seven months. That is a huge (laughs) increase in, once again, a regional area. We're not talking about a national campaign. We are really just expanding into more of the region where they serve, grabbing a hold of those secondary people who maybe aren't calling right after the car accident, maybe you're considering it, maybe lying on the couch, feeling still sore, their neck hurts or their knee aches, or maybe the medical bills are piling up, searching for alternate ways in which to remedy their current situation. So we found that that was definitely the case. And that's how we expanded the market from uh, what was a tremendous result of 300 plus cases per month to well over 500, as you can see from the chart. So what happened? What was it? And as we have alluded to, it was Facebook ads. So we started playing <laughs> started playing in the Facebook ads sandbox here in February. Remember in our previous slide here, we were looking at March. They were flattening out a bit in the early part of 2023. So we started running Facebook ads, meta ads in February, and we ramped up from about a $7,000 a month ad spend. You can see here February 1st of 2023, about seven grand a month to about 75 grand a month. So a pretty dramatic increase, like a 10, almost a tenfold or a little bit less than a tenfold increase here, an additional 60, well, almost $70,000. I think I said $60,000 today, but really an additional $70,000 in ad spend on top of what was a considerable Google spend. That is what we did. We started adding this in as a secondary layer. And Kasim, you would think that these would be these types of ads that we usually talk about, like they would be video ads, video awareness, But no, the ones that really worked were plain old image ads with copy that really isn't all that, I would say, original in the personal injury law space. Get the compensation you deserve, no fees until we win. But we ramped this sucker up to the tune of, in this very small geographic area, literally in a state, we did 16 million impressions for 1.3 million people, which is a very high frequency. If you can do your math here, that's a 15 or 16 frequency. So we flooded the market with this message in very broad targeting and was really with just rotating in these kind of bland, not very exciting types of ads. And it absolutely worked. So I'm going to pause there before I get into the next stage here. Any questions that you have from my Google counterpart? If you told me before starting, we're going to run personal injury ads on Facebook to supplement our Google ads, I would have told you it's a bad idea because it's a search-based, interest, 
somebody goes to Google. Nobody's rolling around Facebook saying, oh, I sure hope an attorney advertises me today. I would have just assumed this was not going to work. And yet here we are, the proof being in the pudding. Not only did it work, but it worked phenomenally well and it juiced Google beyond what Google was able to juice itself. And so I think what this means is for our listeners, if you haven't tried Facebook recently, if you've been really successful with Google and you haven't tried Facebook recently, so much of what's changed in the Facebook ecosystem, where Facebook has had to go, how Facebook's had to prioritize its messaging and placements and users and segmentation, I'd give it another shot because this is just really strong proof of the way that, like you're saying, Ralph, Google and Facebook can interact and can co-create. And if I had to guess, and this is just a guess, but I'm willing to bet the fact that you have the Facebook pixel installed on the site, I think Facebook is using your on-site analytics to determine who to market to within Facebook. So it's using its own customer match capabilities to see like, all right, well, who's going to the website? Who's converting? And based off of what we know, because otherwise, how on earth would Facebook target? There's no other, there's really no other reasonable or logical explanation. So I think this just is something of a, a strong indicator that Facebook is using different tools. And it's really worth revisiting if you haven't used Facebook in a while. Yeah, and this is the idea of one platform helping another, because if we look at what they did over this time period between February and September, the only thing that we did differently, aside from we continue to optimize their branded search and we continue to optimize their Google keyword phrases for personal injury, lawyer, name of town, name of state, we were obviously doing that at the same time, but the really the big change was just this. And it just shows the fact that the platforms do work together. And if you think that you're media buying in silos, you're mistaken. There is this waterfall effect for both sides. Now, what this was able to do is that because of these consideration ads, yes, we were gathering name, email, in most cases, we even tried Facebook lead ads, which didn't work quite as well. But it was just these straightforward, get the money that you deserve, staying in front of somebody. We got a fair amount of leads here. But the point is, is that what we're really doing is driving these consideration ads to the bottom of the funnel conversions over at Google, which then ended up being the six inch putt for Google. And in most cases, we we're able to lower our overall cost. And I'll show the costs here in just a second here. But most of our conversions were happening for their brand name, for their name specifically, because we had created the consideration and a level of awareness over on Meta. And then as soon as they go over to Google and Google the name of the law firm, boom, what do they see? They see our ads. And as we started to increase the volume of that, our costs really started to go down. So here's sort of the incredible statistics. And you got to give the Google and our meta teams and Nick Miller specifically leading that team over at Tier 11, all the credit in the world for this. I'm just the lucky guy that gets to be able to present it here on you know, perpetual traffic. So if we look back, you'll know what this looks like. This is inside your Google ad account or the MCC. This is March to August of this past year. And if we highlight some of the metrics, we go right into it. Our cost for our Google ads in the time when we ramped up our Facebook ads stayed the exact same. We did not spend any more on Google, on search, on branded search, on highly competitive keyword phrases. None of that mattered. 
What did happen, and you can see that we spent about $224,000, which actually isn't really as much as you would have thought. Point is, is our conversions increased by 98%. So almost doubled with the same spend with only an increase in spend of right around $70,000 on Meta. So there was the trade-off right there. Google ad spend flat to down. Meta spend, we 10X'd it from seven grand to 75 grand, but our conversion numbers almost doubled. And that was the thing that really sort of turned this whole thing around. Our conversion rate on our ads, on our Google ads, all of a sudden went up 40%, which is somewhat unheard of unless you are just a CRO master. But the only thing that really changed here, once again, like they didn't ramp up any of their billboard ads. They didn't ramp up their magazine ad spending. They didn't ramp up their TV ad spending. It was only on Facebook. And then cost per conversion started to decrease. So in this particular case, it dropped by cost per conversion decreased by 50%. Over on the next slide here are signed cases. So cost per conversion was for leads. Signed cases increased by 67%. So we're getting more signed cases for the same money with only an increase in $70,000 or so over seven months on Facebook. So signed cases all, you can see actually cost per lead. We got a ton of leads here as well. On all signed cases, the cost per lead actually went down 40% cost per signed case, which is a really good number. Like $408 for a cost per signed case is absolutely outstanding. 411 yeah, it's like crazy good because we'll do the math here in a second here. But the point is, is everything else stayed flat except Facebook. It's the only thing that we ramped up now. To this client's credit, like they were, as we were increasing from 7,000 to 20,000 to 30,000 to 40,000 per month on Meta, they were very patient. They said, We're going to trust you guys. We know this is on the long game. Like I said before, I mean, we had a slide that showed personal injury lawyers, sometimes it takes tens, dozens of years for some of the ad spend to sort of come back to them, especially with expensive billboards by certain highways with lots of traffic flowing by it. The point is, is these guys were six months was a very short period of time for them to wait. But for us, we were doing our thing. And obviously, we we're starting to see the results almost immediately by the month two or three, we started to see some positive signs, which culminated in September being the best September that they've ever had. So really getting to the heart of this, all of this is like, if you try and monetize it, what does this all mean? What does this mean to the customer? Well, you have to actually think to yourself, okay, if I increased my customers by X amount, what is it worth to me? Well, in this particular state, the personal injury verdicts in the state, which has been blurred out here, the average is about a million dollars. The median is about $99,000. So average obviously is somewhat skewed by the huge cases that happen, like the the ones that you hear about on the news, like, oh, $12 million settlement or whatever it happens to be. Some states are far less than this. Okay, This is a state that's actually fairly lucrative from a personal injury law standpoint. It might be because these guys are really good and they know what they're doing. It might range from 25000 to 200000 in your state. I'm not saying this is all the case in all states. The point is, is that what does this mean to these guys? If we increased, we got 546 signed cases at the median of $99,000, $54 million in settlements to their clients, which means 30% of that 
goes to the law firm and that's 16 million in revenue, which is about the average. So if we look at this sort of by a more exaggerated metric, and these numbers just look almost like ridiculously silly here, Kasim, these guys made $178 million in revenue based on an increase in $70,000 of ad spend. That's a pretty good return. I mean, that also, <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere in the middle there between 16 million and 178 million is probably the right figure. The point is, is the return on this client by just slightly shifting their strategy, putting a little bit more budget on a relatively unproven platform, which is all really, really top of funnel, more consideration than in the moment, like you said before, hey, I've got a broken pipe, my toilet's flooding, I need to call a plumber. You're not going to go to Facebook for that. You're going to go to Google. So it's the same kind of thing here. Hey, I've been in a car accident. I'm going to go to Google. Well, a lot of their customers go that way, but a lot of them that we found end up needing a little bit more consideration a little bit later on. That's the reason why the meta side of the equation works so well. So those are staggering numbers. If you really look at the total return, it's in the thousands of percent. But the next phase for us is the awareness phase. We did the consideration side of the equation, but if we sort of look at our timeline here, Kasim, and you can see this over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, we're doing this consideration type of campaign right now. And our next level of scale, which we just started, is on the awareness side, where we're launching Facebook ads and meta ads that are top of funnel, no call to action, literally. And those are the cheapest ones because there's no call to action. We're not using the website conversion objective here. So that's sort of the next phase because right now we're right around here, October, November in the entire journey. So that is the case study for this week. Any questions, any poke holes in this? As the Google guy here, feel free to throw some arrows. My question really is, is this your only PI client? And why wouldn't you go get one in every state? Because you guys have clearly cracked the code here. And it's such a valuable niche. Man, I'd go niche down and get 49 more of these suckers. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten a fair amount since the first case study. That is a consideration. Do we want to be known as a personal injury law agency? One of the things that we really enjoy about this client in particular and the ones that we've been successful with is that the end result is that you really are, I hate to say it, you're using these platforms for the betterment of mankind to a certain degree. Some of the videos that they have as far as their own case studies of how they've been successful, it's pretty staggering, like how it's affected people's lives. So yes, that is a big consideration for our marketing department. But Trust me when I say there's been plenty of personal injury law firms that have come out of the woodwork since we started presenting this sort of stuff because not a lot of them go after this type of thing. They go after the lead and the phone call, which is fine. You can make hay with that. The one detractor to this that I will say is that if you're a PI lawyer, and we have had a fair amount of inquiries for this, where you just can't stomach, you can't fathom the idea of spending $20,000 on digital to grow your business a lot of this just doesn't work. You have to have much more of an abundance mindset. And so we've seen some of the larger law firms excel. The smaller ones, it's harder to make all of this work. Well, here's my counter argument to them is I'm somebody in a personal injury case and I can't stomach 30% of my gross to a PI lawyer. You know, and now the lawyer's gonna be like, well, you don't understand. The better the lawyer, the more you get. And now I turn that table on them and say, 
see here, sir or madam. Why don't you take your own medicine? Yeah. It's a hard thing. And I've been on lots of those consultations with PI firms that they see the results here. And just the idea of spending $10,000 a month is a hard thing. And that'd be very hard to make work because there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into this. This is a team of nine people, seven or eight or nine people that were on this. Well, it takes months to permeate and they have to be patient and communicative. And yeah, you really do need the right client here for sure. But I will say this is that even if you're not a personal injury lawyer and you're listening to this, but you're a VP of marketing for a service-based business, this works no matter what. Like we're doing this in many other niches aside from just PI law, where there is an offline conversion, where there is a high ticket sale, which also involves some kind of consultation in the health and wellness space, in the spa space, in the franchise space. Selling a franchise is a big deal. Like We use the same thing for franchise businesses to be able to sell their franchises. But because of the size of the payoff, typically you have to invest upfront. And we saw the payouts here for this law firm. There is no doubt in my mind, those numbers are absolutely accurate. It's somewhere between 17 million and 178 million. That's a major payoff. But they had a cash outlay and the patience to be able to do it right alongside other media, which they are doing. And ultimately, we're able to scale and grow and get to that next step. And that's the reason why they're crushing it in this market and in their particular market. But yeah, there's 49 other markets out there, many of which we serve right now, that we would love to be able to do the same thing with. But you got to approach it with the right mindset. This is really awesome, dude. This is a great case study. So yeah, so there you go. So we'll leave that for you. Make sure that you do check that out over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. I'll also leave some links in the show notes where you can get an eight-part video series on the first part of this if you want to delve deeper into it and how you might be able to do this for your PI law firm on your own. Or if you need our help, obviously, we're here to help you there over at tier11.com. So make sure that you do uh, subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening Follow us, like we said before, on our socials all over the place, at Qasem Aslam and every social known to mankind. I think you're just making up social networks now to just I am. get, get yeah. your message Don't forget to follow me on Flubber. Flubber. That's yeah. right. Wherever there's a social network, there's Qasem. At Qasem Aslam. Me over on LinkedIn, that's Ralph Burns. Go back and listen to previous episodes. Like I said, yet again, check out our YouTube channel, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, all Resources and show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Qasem Aslam, peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 